Oscar, where's 1049 Park Avenue? This is 1049 Park Avenue! Can two divorced men share an apartment without driving each other crazy? Hello, and welcome to 1049 Park Avenue, an odd couple podcast. Ted Linhart, Garrett Eisler here with another episode of our script readings, where we take a deep look at some uh, actual original paper scripts for odd couple episodes and analyze and compare those to what actually happened on air. This is our third version. Uh, Today, we're going to do two really... I think classic, iconic, two of our most favorite mm-hmm. episodes, mm-hmm. Uh, My Strife in Court mm-hmm. and Take My Furniture, Please. A biggie. Two biggies. Kind of a biggie. Two biggies. Well, depending who you ask. No, I don't think. <laughs> I th- I'm just saying Strife in Court is like one of the top five biggies. I think Take My Furniture, Please, to the average okay. fan. I'm Maybe there are people out there who disagree, but I, looking at the, the Facebook board that we're part of, I see. It right. feels like it is. But before yes. we do that, Garrett, you have a follow-up to one of our prior- Yeah, I mean, I, I should have caught on to this uh, last week because it's about strife and, sorry, about security arms, which we did uh, two, two conversations two- ago. Yes. I have a follow-up about John Fiedler. Okay. Who, of course, was plays Mr. Duke in Security Arms. And I just had this epiphany realizing that the uh, John Fielder, of course, was in two odd couples. Yes. In addition to playing the original Vinny on stage and film, he was in two episodes of the series. One is Mr. Duke in season two of, uh, sorry, yeah, season two of Security Arms. And then he is um, in the Golden the Earrings. Final season with the Golden Earrings. Like the dog story. It's called, yeah. no, no, not the other dog story. Oh, it's right. Not golden earrings. It's right. yeah, silver, silver. The silver, wonder, silver. silver. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's called the dog story. It's from season five. Well, what are those two? Uh, what else do those two episodes have in common? Same writer. I don't know. I'm guessing. And it's somehow another member of the cast is not the same. Okay, not, that's misleading. There what? is someone, both episodes feature John Fiedler and both episodes feature a certain animal. A dog. Oh right. right, yeah, right. Uh, and in, it's just and so in security arms he has Peaches, the German Shepherd guard right. dog. Yeah, and in uh, and then he's the trainer of Silver the Wonder Wonder Dog. So what is your point? My point is John Fiedler must have had a real knack with dogs. That's not a coincidence because in both of those he has to handle the the animal very closely. And he's very and be very comfortable with them. And and actually, they even use the same joke where Fiedler is telling the dog to sit. He, both of these, he's a very yes. demanding dog trainer. Yeah. He tells us to sit, and Felix sits. Um, so I, I I just wonder if that's a you know it's like we need it. We have a dog, so we, let's get John Fiedler. He's good with dogs. My first instinct was that's a coincidence, but he has to be good with dogs as an added coincidence. But right. Maybe you're right. Maybe when they're looking for a guest star with a dog, they need someone who they know is good with dogs. I, I guess I never thought about that, or I don't know if that's known about him, but interesting observation. Yeah, I have no idea where to find out more about John Fiedler, but um, perhaps there's some 
some fans uh, who could uh, be more familiar with his biography and as, as it relates to canines. All right. So now we're going to start with uh, my strife in court. Um, you'll give us information about where the date I'm going to read fits yeah. into things. So this is, uh, oh, sorry. I should say before we start, if you'd like to read any of the scripts, uh, email us at 1049pod at gmail.com. And we will send you a Dropbox link, a Dropbox link where all the scripts, including the ones we haven't done yet, are um, are posted in PDFs. There's four more scripts coming in that are not there. Um, I recently told you, Garrett, that I got the um, and I have it in a in a box here to open the um, episode with Oscar as the fat guy, oh salesman. Mm-hmm. Bigger they are. Bigger they are. So I have that. So we're going to add that to our list. So anyway, if you want to read the scripts, please email us 1049pod at gmail.com. We'll send you Dropbox link. So this is a... By the way, Ted, I believe it's not too late for people to, if they so choose, to rate our little podcast. Oh, you're right. I have not mentioned that in so long. Yes. Yes. In fact, I was looking at our reviews and there has not been one in a year plus, I think. So if you are a fan of the show, um, it would be great to please... and a fan and fan enough to give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. That would be much appreciated as a way. If you want to contribute to the podcast, we don't do Patreons. We don't do any of that other stuff that other podcasts do to get money out of you. We simply would appreciate a five-star review. Okay. So this pre, this is a pre-production draft is what it's labeled. And it's dated January 4th, 1973. I think, Garrett, if I'm right, this is the earliest in terms of the labeling of a draft. I don't think we've had a pre-production draft yet. I think this is the yeah. You know, I forgot to yeah, I forgot to uh, take that into account this time. But you're right, we did have like a final. I think they were all called final, and of course, yeah, right. They're, but we but knew this, they weren't final, final. And this is definitely very far away from the final from what is yes. on the screen. Yeah, this is a fascinating case of uh, a script where I think the the episode is basically there all its key elements but um not only are things here that were cut event from this episode eventually but so many things so many really funny things from the episode as it's on tv are not yet in the script so and and famous things there are some very famous indeed um so so how does january 4th fit in yeah so january 4th 73 well this we know already that this is one of the final episodes uh, taped in season three and and therefore one of the last ones to air um so january of 73 would have already been the end of the shooting schedule for season three um and funny enough take my furniture please our next one is is only uh, a few weeks away so the two episodes we're dealing with today uh maybe the only time we're dealing with two episodes that were like back almost back to back or at least within a month of each other uh, the final, it's funny, the final four episodes of season three were My Strife in Court, Let's Make a Deal, The Odyssey Couple, Ugh. they fit in there, and Take My Furniture, Please, which were all produced and aired in the same order at the end. I'd like to make an uh, announcement. Yeah. If I have an opportunity to buy The Odyssey Couple, <laughs> I am not going to. I will be passing. God. I'm really, I would be tempted because... Then I you, would wonder, there must be stuff cut from it. You pay for it. 
Okay, I will consider that maybe. Okay. Um, so, um, and by the way, it's possible that Edward Gross seems to indicate that Gloria moves in, which we know is the as the uh, premiere of season four. He seems to think it was taped at the end of season three. So that is so. Take my furniture, please. Maybe the last or the next to last one taped. Of so when did season. my strife and court air? February 16th. So like just six, uh, seven, five, five, six weeks later. Oh, wow. And same emails we'll see with Take My Furniture, please, aired very shortly after. Take All right. So let's get this into it. This is written by, this is oh, a yes. Mark Rothman, Lowell Gantz script. Yes. And it says that on the cover. It says produced by Frank Buxton and Tony Marshall. Um, and, and then there's a character page, uh, uh, a cast page, character page, but it does not cover any of the guest cast because i think it was too early we've seen in the prior scripts that the full guest cast has been typed in although not always correctly mm -hmm. in this case none of the guest cast names are listed here yeah so that's another indication of it being a pre-production so in this episode you're going to find that garrett and i do a lot more reading of the scripts and playing the characters although garrett's better at actually being the character i will just be reading because there are so many scenes in these two scripts that are not in the show uh in the episodes that we're going to just read them and that we're going to start that right now so the way the odd couple this the way this episode is framed in this script is actually as a flashback the, yeah it's what the it's show what? starts with the court case already over and murray showing up late he was supposed to appear or they wanted him to appear as a character witness which we know which he happens. does in the, in the right, eventual, right right but he's on he's in he's on vacation which he actually says in the episode but he's on vacation mm -hmm. and they can't get a hold of him so let's read the opening the teaser do you we need to have one of us needs to be Mur, we need a murray a felix and an oscar so one of oh us needs God. to be two people and one of us needs to read the stage direction so yes i would say why don't uh why don't you, i read stage directions and Felix. Okay. And you read the other two. Murray and Oscar is what is, yes. is their names. Okay. <laughs> yes. All right. Go ahead. So fade in interior courtroom. Uh, we can see the judge's bench, the witness stand and the defendant's table seated at the defendant's table are Oscar and Felix. Oscar looks very glum. Felix seems excited. Murray enters hurriedly. He is not in uniform. Hi, Felix. Hi, Oscar. Hi, Murray. Oscar Murray's here. Oscar just stares at Felix and turns away. I just got your message when I got home. How was your vacation? Beautiful. Where did you go? Detroit. Why Detroit? We're sick of Cleveland. What are you guys doing in court? Getting a separation? We're, de we're, de we're, def we're defendants. This is a criminal trial. What did you do? Oscar starts to answer and Felix stops him. We didn't do anything. It's all a mistake, but it's going to be cleared up in a minute. Murray, why did you want me to come down? Oscar, we were hoping you'd drive us to jail. Felix, actually, I wanted you to appear as a character witness in our behalf. Murray, oh, sure. When do I go on? Felix, you're too late. The defense just rested. The judge went out to consider his decision. Murray, how does it look? Felix is about to answer when the judge enters. This is it. The judge takes his seat. The bailiff, bailiff says, says, all rise. Everyone stands. Oh, and the judge comes in. The judge comes in. 
and says, in the case of New York State versus Felix Unger and Oscar Madison, I find the defendants not guilty. Felix says, very excited. I did it. We're free. I got us off. How about it, buddy? You want to go out and celebrate? Felix, Oscar says, Felix, I don't ever want to see you again as long as I live. Da -da! Now, I, I said or I said in, erroneously at the beginning that this happened after the case was over, but obviously I meant to it's say while the judges. Yeah, while the judge was deliberating. So um and I so that I, last part of the judge is actually kind of close to what Kirk Conway says when he delivers his verdict later on. I am glad but they yes, didn't. we're in a we're in a we're in one of those like you may wonder how I got into this situation. Yes, well, we're gonna get to that, but I'm glad they didn't start this way. I think that would have actually Absolutely. ruined it. Yeah. And I uh, have a theory about why yes. When we're, when we're done with when we're done with this, okay, all right. Talk about my fear about why they even structured it this way to begin with. So the first part of the show, the the opening, the teaser in the actual show is what is here in uh, the second act one or and scene two of the script. It starts the same with um, uh, actually no, sorry, it, um, it doesn't start. It doesn't start the same yet. No, we continue. We yeah, sorry. From yes, we're, we're not there. We're still we're still in the flash. So we got to read. We can still cut. Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, a, a moment or so later in the courtroom. The courtroom is clearing out. Felix, Oscar, you can't be serious. Oscar, you heard me. I don't want to see you. I don't want to talk to you. I don't even want to hear rumors about you. Felix, all right. I can take a hint. Felix starts to exit. Next time you can handle your own defense. Murray. Felix exits. Oscar and Murray are the only people left in the room. Murray, Oscar, I don't get it. What happened? Nobody gets angry when they win. I'll Oscar. Oscar. Okay. I'll do Oscar. I'm ruined. Gee whiz, every time I go on vacation, I miss all the good stuff. What happened? It's a long story. That's okay. I don't have to be back at work until Tuesday. It's not that long a story. It all started at home two weeks on Saturday. Hey, this is just like television. All things are as they were then, except... I am there. As long as you're there, you want to keep quiet. I was coming home from work and dissolved too. Now, didn't... Okay, this reminds me of another one of the flashbacks where Murray says, has a similar kind of goofy reaction. Yeah, he does. He, yeah, he, faces get all yes. squishy. I feel like that's either... That's oh, yeah. It's either the Caribbean or Playboy. I'm sure someone's yeah, which listening. one? Right. Those are I, the, he, the, the, there's one he tells to Myrna in the kitchen. And then there's one he tells to Murray. The one he tells to Murray, right, is the Caribbean. Yeah, I can't remember. I'm sure our listeners are like... And then the Playboy, I think, was both Myrna and Murray. <laughs> and then there's the one... Yeah, there's a bunch. I can't remember which one it is. We definitely covered it at the time. But my point is, I think we already did... Just so you know, first baby... Oh, that's the one with Myrna. Okay. Uh, Caribbean is earlier. Has already happened. They've already done that show. Felix the... Oh, no, that's Calypso singer. Which one? That is... Uh, no... Caribbean flashback is um well, that's the one where yeah where they get they split divorced. Up, right? Yeah, I can't remember the name either. We're not doing a good job here. What a couple of fans we are. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I think they've already done this bit with Murray, but they were okay doing it again. Right. Or yes. Uh yeah. So the, so the next, mm -hmm. yes, go ahead. Now we dissolve into what would have been what we know as the teaser, the, the true teaser. The odd holiday, by the way. That's the- Thank you. Okay. Um, 
So yes, yeah, so now which, is, which has okay for the record, Odd Holiday has not season four yet. that hasn't happened so, yet. But I but so we still can't remember. Recycled, so they recycled this for Odd Holiday. Someone's going to email us, and then next week we'll. Oh, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. We by the way, just so you can tell, you know, we're uh, in our original episodes, we were very buttoned up because we're just <laughs> discussing the episodes we've seen a thousand times. We've read these scripts once or twice, and this is new to us reading. And sorry, it's a little more spontaneous. Yes, yeah, so you'll have to bear with us um, if you. Are frustrated by our lack of professional by Garrett's lack of professionalism. Oh, okay. So now we are at where the show actually starts with um, uh, Oscar coming home with the theater tickets, and there are some differences here, although it's not drastically different. Um, the joke that Felix makes or Oscar makes about the baked noodles and how he can. Felix says, what am I going to do with my big noodles? And he says, put them in a bag, take them to the theater. That is not in the script. Uh, when Felix sings Kiss My Nose in the show, that is not in the script. In the script, he just says he's been singing the soundtrack to the play around the house, and Oscar knows what he's talking about. But there is actually no singing of Kiss My right. Nose in Which the script. Which leads me to believe that this was something Tony Randall just basically put together the actual kiss my nose kiss my nose is probably something he made up on the spot it seems very up his alley and very easy for him to do and perhaps even left out knowing he would do something there um now they're in the script when oscar talks about why these tickets are a quote-unquote sure thing he actually has a much not he has a longer exposition about why which is i'm going to read here uh, he says, look, Felix, it's like this. With some girls, things are going okay. I don't have to take them to the theater. With some other girls, things are going so rotten that taking them to the theater won't do a bit of good. But then there are the girls. Felix says, I don't believe it. Oscar says, Felix, do you realize what I've got here? A sure thing. Point score. So there's a little more exposition there about what, why these tickets are important to Oscar. Right. And then when Felix talks about how a playwright spends two years writing a script and um all you know finally oscar gets to score there's actually a longer um monologue about that do you want to read that one yeah uh, sure uh, at the top so of page goes yeah. into more detail elaborates yeah. on what it means for a man sits home for two years writing a play pouring his soul into it producers raise a million dollars they take the show to new haven philadelphia boston dancers get blistered feet singers lose their voices actors have nervous breakdowns but then that magic moment arrives when they open on broadway and why so oscar madison can score points and oscar says i don't think i don't appreciate it so there's there's definitely some I don't I either the show I'm was running of that. Yes. I either the show was running too long or they both right. realized that this all this dialogue was unnecessary, which I think is correct. None of these things exactly. make this funnier. No, this would be a long first of all, this the script I think is long is too long to be a twenty-two minute uh show. Which and by the so way, I think we've long. noticed we've noticed that about most of the scripts, right. I think. Right, which would be it's a natural process of winnowing down and cutting for time so it's much the final script is much tighter now there's a very interesting section also here where felix talks a little bit more about his relationship with miriam mm, um yeah oscar says um felix says i'm going up to see miriam and felix says you know this couldn't have come at a better time we were supposed to visit miriam's father tonight and i'd rather not oscar says sounds <laughs> like it's getting serious 
Felix says, no, it's not that. It's just that her father is such a rotten cook. <laughs> well, uh, um, I guess that could explain his hesitancy with Miriam. First mention of Miriam's father. We had Miriam's mother in You Saved My Life screaming from the... Oh, oh no, right. that was Saved My Life. It was the New York... That's later. That's sorry. That's the... Her mother comes to visit and she can't be with him. And then she tells him to shut up when he's screaming out the window. Um, Wait, so we, who's, we, we never who's, have a Miriam's father. Why is he screaming out the window? I don't it, because of New York, so that's that's the um, oh yes, let down by New York. Yeah, right, right, right. I I do think this. I wish this bit was stayed in the first. Of all, I think Tony Randall could have delivered that really well. Yes, and I do does. wish there was a. You know, we've always complained about more about Miriam, right? Yes, right. But you know, it's funny. I'm just realizing we're at the very end of season three now, and Miriam was introduced at the very beginning of season three. So it's nice to know that you know. Uh, several. I mean, I guess it's not that long for a relationship uh, to start to get serious. Well, we don't know when but, we meet her. Do we know they've just started dating? I maybe there is a reference. Yeah, she her first episode is uh, Gloria Hallelujah. No, but do we know that how long they've been dating when that happens? Only, but she. I think Felix has to actually introduce her to Oscar. Oh, okay, fine. Um, think, yeah, I don't think he and Oscar met by then. So the whole phone call sequence goes differently here. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, he still calls Phyllis first, who – now, did we ever – did we talk about this at the time? There's it's not a, the same Phyllis. Not the same it's Phyllis, not right. the same Phyllis. Um, now, the joke in the show is that Rhoda's Zimmerman's getting married, and that's why she can't go to the show. But here – And she's the last one he calls. Yes. Phyllis has a sister getting married. And that's why she can't go to the show. Although they don't make some sort of like, can't you change a joke? Because it wouldn't be that funny. It's just a very serious. Right. Um, and then when he says to Phyllis in the episode, don't worry, I'll get somebody else. That joke is not here. So it's a very, right. it's a, just a very flat, just very unfunny phone call to Phyllis. Now in the script, there is no Rhoda. Rhoda is not actually mentioned at all. Uh, he calls Sylvia next. Sylvia has the measles. So she can't go. And there's no break at the last phone call. That's this isn't because that's the teaser of the show. And right. it goes into the opening credits when he just says, hello, Rhoda. But that's not the way this works at all. So there's no Rhoda. There's just a Phyllis and a Sylvia. And that means we lose the Oscar Homoka reference. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. It's just a, it's interesting to read because it feels very much the same. It's like the same outline it's the same the same idea it lasts the same amount of time but the content is totally different and and it is much funnier they made it so much funnier for the for the, the uh, final version i would so argue that they made it they actually made it funny it's not made funny. It funny right yeah. it's not even funny like there's nothing funny about uh getting the measles and um and of course the real one of like the the drawing out of suspense of what's Rhoda's excuse. He just he doesn't say you're getting married. He just uh huh uh huh. Oh yeah, I understand. Sure, and I'm sure you make a lovely bride. And right. that's that's the punchline. Yes. Uh, now, and, course, and this is a great. And also the fact that he throws in that they throw in that Oscar Homoko line. Yes, is so beloved by people like us. Um, a great reminder, as in, I probably have said this before in the other scripts that this was you know. You see how Gary Marshall 
and the other head writers are really at the last minute punching it up, as they say, like really finding more funny things to say at any possible. And sometimes that may have emerged in rehearsal or it's just putting in a new joke or just making what's already there, tweaking it so it's actually much funnier. Yes, much. Now, Felix in the script is much meaner to Oscar about getting a date. In the show, mm -hmm. he's actually kind of sympathetic, but here he mocks him. He says, couldn't get a date, Mr. Point Scorer. And then when Oscar tells him that people were sick or had reasons, Felix says, is that what they told you and you bought it? Oscar says, Felix, they all had a legitimate excuses. Two of the girls cried when they realized they couldn't go. One girl offered to send a note from her doctor. Now that ruins the whole joke. The joke is that Oscar is not that much of a ladies' man. In this yeah, scene. exactly. And in the script, there's a whole, and even later on when we get to the courtroom, there's stuff in here that's trying to make Oscar look like way too much of a ladies' man. Yeah. And that would have, that ruins the whole, a, a big part of what makes this episode so great. Yeah. Uh, now in the script, Felix says he tried to pick up a girl in college, not in occupied France. Yeah. Interesting change. Yeah. I feel Especially like that's. Yeah. Especially since making it occupied France added to our confusion over Felix's war More, record. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> which which army, which, which country was he in? Um, but I guess something about college was especially, I don't know, he could be raunchier as a soldier. It's like a, maybe a Tony Randall thought that he's, you know, he's trying to say that he was, even though they kind of mock it as, you know, hey, good looking with cooking being lame uh i think the idea is that he's a little raunchier as a soldier than he would have been as a college student but everything else stays kind of same the same until we get to the outside of the theater mm -hmm. and then here's another instance where there's more exposition about something happening when oscar gets meets them and 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 brings the ticket um and he says that he wasn't trying to pick up the meter maid that she nailed him for jaywalking. He says, and so far that's been the highlight of the evening. I never had such a night in my life. Girls in this city are getting very uptight. I tried everything. I even tried hubba hubba. Let's go in. <laughs> um, now here's a small change that happens. I don't know if it means anything. Mm -hmm. uh, when Felix takes a ticket and goes to give it away, in the show, he says, I'm going to distribute it to some needy theater goer. Right. In the script, he says he will return the ticket. Now, actually, I think why they changed that is because he doesn't go to return the ticket. He goes to give it to well, someone. Well, as I remember it, actually, Ted, I, I mean, the funny, you're right. They changed the line. Yes. But in, if I remember visually, what happens is we see Felix you're look right. around. Yeah. He does try to go to the window first. Yes, yes. But there's a line at the window. And it's only when he sees Beth Olam that he you see like a light bulb go off. Yes. That he should give her the ticket. But so that so it's kind of like a mix up of both these. Yes. That, by the way, I have to say, watching the episode again to, for this, it mm. still frustrates frustrates me in the in real life that he couldn't just blurt out it's free. Before he got into this whole <laughs> pricing scenario, you I all hate could have been avoided it when TV when TV shows plot devices on someone trying to say you don't understand instead of just saying the thing that needs to be said. There's an <laughs> All the Family episode where Archie buys a new TV, 
and Mike is trying to tell him something. And Mike spends the like 10 minutes saying, Archie, you don't understand. Archie, you don't understand. So just saying the thing. <laughs> I, can't, I hate that. Um, well, of course, what do you do? Because then you got to come up with a homie plot. So. so after the arrest in the script, there's an act mm -hmm. break. Um, and then we go back to the present with Murray. So now we're oh. going to read two more pages. This is like uh, the most involved flashback. Yeah. And they're completely... They're right. not, you know, most of the flashbacks we said were to set another scene, like to actually have a set yeah. change because they right. needed the living room for something. Right, right. Um, but here or they were set in the actual past <laughs> or they were set right in like in a real past. But usually I think we didn't we think we didn't really, really identify they were always in the kitchen because they needed to make the living room look like the past. Right. But this but the one exception. Yeah, to, actually, which is very interesting. Now, what you just told me a few minutes ago, the one exception is uh, the bigger they are, where it's it they yes. use this same device where it's right. Felix waiting for the Dink Award. Yes, Murray comes up to him and says, and Felix says, you know, whatever we did a terrible thing. That's true, and and then well, tells the story right there of events that happened within the previous. But at least that was like a few months ago. So, well, but we'll see because we, I just said, we yeah. now have that yeah, script. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll be interested we'll to see, see that script. Yeah, right. okay. So let's read. So now the, the, the they've been arrested. Um, right. And there's an act break. And we so come commercial, back. And now, and now we come we're, back. Go ahead. And so uh, you're going to do, it's Oscar, only Oscar and Murray. So you do Oscar, I'll do Murray. Okay. And I'll do stage directions too. Yes. Uh courtroom oscar murray still sitting there just the way they were when oscar started to tell his story oscar we had to spend hours at the police station you know how nerve-wracking that is yeah i hate it we wanted you to come down and vouch for us but you were on vacation i think you're being too hard on felix it sounds like he was just trying to help and besides it was an accident i'm not mad at him for getting us arrested murray standing up i'm glad i could straighten this out how would you like to come home and see my slides of Detroit? I've got some real nice ones of them building a station wagon. <laughs> Sit down. I mean, I'm mad at Felix for what happened since then. When we got home from the police station. So now it, it's uh, we, we pick up where the show actually happens after they get arrested. We see them come into the apartment. Um. Uh, now in the in the show, when you know Oscar says to Felix, "Put him up," because he wants to fight him, <laughs> um, and Felix does not like want anything. You know, he Felix insists that this is all Oscar's fault because he couldn't get a date. But actually, in the script, he's very con conciliatory. Though mm -hmm. when when Oscar says, "Put him up," Felix says, "I'm sorry, I didn't mean it." You see how upset I am? Three hours at the police station. Do you know at one point tonight I was so upset I tried to call Murray? I was hoping he'd speak on our behalf, but he left on his vacation this morning. That makes such a big deal about Murray. I know, I yes. It's, like I, the <laughs> it's the fourth reference to it, and it's not interesting. It's not funny. It's not interesting. It, and as we see in the final result, yes, he is called for a character witness. He makes the same Detroit joke. Yes, the Troy Cleveland joke to the judge, uh, if you remember, and he gives the testimony, and it doesn't matter. No, he's in fact the he stops in the middle of the testimony. Right. He doesn't do his testimony. Remember? Uh, oh, right. Yeah. Says that Oscar's a kook, 
And then Felix gets him off the stand. And, I, and, and Murray says, don't you want me to tell them about? And we never find out what right. he's saying. And I guess it's a character <laughs> reference. I don't know. It's very right. weird. So it's um, clearly here they are saying, oh, if only we had Murray as a character witness, but it wouldn't now, have done it. By the way, this is in the script. This is all setting up to a tag that is just not funny. So oh, right. it, it, it just this whole thing with Murray vacation. Thank God they didn't do this because it really yes, doesn't yes. work. Um, it works so much better as a throwaway joke when he's on the stand chatting with the judge. Now, the rest of the scene in the show is the whole fingerprint ink jokes, which, by the way, again, it drives me crazy. I don't know if I mentioned the time, but watch it again. Felix takes a dry paper towel. He's standing <laughs> next to the kitchen sink, takes a dry paper towel, puts a little soft soap on it. Why doesn't he put the paper towel in water or put his hands in so the water? We're not talking about the script anymore. We're just going No, I'm it. now just okay. kvetching about <laughs> yes. the okay. illogic of Felix not running. I guess the kitchen sink probably wasn't really working in real life. Maybe. Or maybe yeah. it does in other ones. I just don't know why he wouldn't put his fingers in the water. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. So the, none of that is in the script. There's no, the fi- they, they reference. They mentioned, they mentioned the fingerprint. They mentioned Felix getting fingerprinted and him being annoyed, but there's none of that. None of those visual jokes are there. Um, also, the joke Felix says about um, giving the woman who was on her feet all night a seat, aka the hooker. That oh yeah, not, the streetwalker. Yeah. That's not that's not in there <laughs> right. at all. Um, also, the joke about so there's a in the show there's a joke about what happened when they took the photos, um, and Oscar says that he Felix rearranged the lights, which is gets a big laugh. But in the joke in the script, it's very different. Um, Oscar says to uh, Miriam, you should have seen what happened when they took our pictures. Felix says that man knew nothing about photography, wrong exposure, wrong lens setting. Besides that, he was a smart aleck asking us if we wanted to buy any wallet size with numbers on our faces. <laughs> so that's the joke instead of the uh, rearranging the lights. You know what's also missing here? Um, oh, no, never mind. Go ahead. Okay, so now we're going to read five pages of dialogue, Garrett. You ready? Oh, my God. Because before the court scene, which is what we usually get in the show, there's a long scene of Felix studying law books. Oh, my God. It's really dull. (laughs) And we're not going to make it. I I, I mean, it's not. It's okay. It's 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 definitely a scene worthy of being edited out. So it's five pages. So it's Felix and Oscar. Who are you going to be? You choose. Well, let's see. Uh, I'll be Oscar. Okay. And you're doing stage directions again? Sure. Okay. So this is the scene in between Miriam coming to the room, coming to the apartment, and the actual court case. Trial. Okay. Uh, Living room. A couple living room at night. Felix is seated at the living room table. Law books are strewn about on the table. Felix is reading one and making notes on a yellow legal pad. Oscar enters through the front door. Hi, Felix. Is dinner ready? No. Good, because I got to cover. No, Felix, you always have dinner ready. You're as sure as death as taxes and just about as pleasant. There's more. This is more important than dinner. What are you doing? You know what these are? Law books. I got them at a secondhand bookstore. I've been studying all day to get ready for a court appearance. Felix, you can't learn about law by just reading some books. Oh, yeah? Look at the inscription of this book to F. Lee from Mom. His mother called him F. Lee? 
These books are great. <laughs> How do you like that topical? Very good. To These books are great. I've really learned a lot about law. Did you know that in Indiana, it's illegal to go parachute jumping in the nude? Well, there goes my weekend. Felix, why are you wasting your time with this? I'm not wasting my time. I'm building a very strong defense. There's just one point I haven't covered yet. What's that? Your testimony. What about it? I want to know what you're going to say. I've got a perfect defense plan. We're going to beat this thing. All my work won't mean a thing, though, unless your stories, unless our stories match. What are you going to tell the judge? I'm going to say, Your Honor, I'm very sorry for what I did. I'll never do it again. I'd like to plead guilty and ask for leniency. Thank you. Boy, that's some defense. It's a good thing you weren't captured during the war. We'd all be eating with chopsticks. Ooh. Yeah, that, that does not play well today. <laughs> they did cut it, though. All right. Yes. So what's the matter? We're not pleading guilty. We're going to clear our names. Why should you plead guilty? You're innocent. Felix, while you were wasting time going through F. Lee's school books, I was doing something important. What? Listen, I know a guy. Oh, Oscar, more hot television sets. I know a guy whose brother is a court clerk. He explained to me what we have to do. It's our first offense. So all we have to do is plead guilty, ask for leniency, and the judge lets us off with a $50 fine. That's corrupt. No, it isn't. The judge has no ulterior motive. He's not corrupt. Not him, us. Pleading guilty to something we didn't do is wrong. It's morally and legally wrong. What if everybody did that? Felix, everybody does that. Well, not Felix Unger. Oscar. <clears throat> okay, Felix. I know it's useless, but I'm going to try to explain something to you. Do you know what can happen to us if we go to court and plead not guilty and make a big deal and take up the whole day and then we lose? We could get the maximum penalty, $1,000 fine, and a year in jail. I can't afford to spend a year in jail. I have to cover a football game next week. But I can't plead guilty. That's like confessing, and I haven't done anything wrong. So what? Oscar, I have children. What am I supposed to tell them? That there's no justice? That they should just pay the $2? That they shouldn't stand up for what they know is right? How can I talk to them about honesty when I don't practice it myself? Oscar stares at Felix for a while. He's trying to think of something to say, but he's already beaten. Finally, he moans. All right, Felix, we'll plead not guilty. How do I get talked into these things? Pretty good, wasn't I? He holds up the legal pad. That speech is part of my defense. And then dissolve to... Boy, that is court. not... Let's talk about that. That is yeah, a yeah. unfunny, mostly... <laughs> unnecessary unnecessary which which was which was which they figured out obviously right. too right right boring scene i just i wonder if they rehearsed it and actually got the props of the books and all that by the way i'd like to say as a book collector oh. that a f a book inscribed by f lee billy to his mother would not be cheap even yeah, at the time right. yes right well especially at the time right he was he was yes america's most famous lawyer i guess yeah yes um Okay. Part of my beef with this, well, first of all, let me say, I mean, I, my, to to be fair to them, uh, these are, and by the way, it's great that we have a script by the two two of the main writers of the show, you know, who we consider two of the best writers of the show, um, that even they had to kind of keep doing trial and error to get their way through an episode. And Good pun. it's like, Good pun. These are the these are <laughs> yes, intended, of course. Um, that these are, are the kinds of scenes that if you're writing a, an episode, you kind of like flesh it out 
you know, and they're trying to flesh out what's leading to Felix's behavior during the trial and building our uh, suspense, you know, anticipation for what's going to happen in the trial. And so, and maybe that's, maybe that's a necessary part of the process. You know, maybe that makes for good when the final result has this kind of implied text layers, you know, that we never see, but maybe it's good for the actors. I don't know. On the other hand, they're trying so much to explain Felix's behavior and like show, like seeing Felix studying law books to me ruins what's so hilarious about Felix in court every time he's in court is that he's totally winging it. Right. By the way, um, he has no knowledge of the law. He's just like pretending he's just, his only knowledge of the law is old movies with courtroom scenes. Garrett, have you realized yet that Murray was on vacation? I heard. Okay. And I so, can't remember whether he was in Detroit or he's tired of Detroit. So next, we finally get to the courtroom scene. Now, in the sh- in the script, it starts with the prosecutor interview- interviewing the policeman right, on the right. witness stand and then resting the case. Now, that made me realize, either again or for the first time, that the show starts with just Felix giving his defense. But right. it seems like that's the beginning of the case, which I don't think is the way court cases work. Well, I mean, I guess... Well, I see why you might assume that, but, uh, and I do mean assume, uh, but I would argue that maybe it doesn't have to mean that because this could have been cut, right? It's like we already, they already did the prosecution. I guess so. So when you see the scene, when you see the scene on television, it's like the, is the trial really beginning? I guess they kind of announced the judges. Yeah. It feels like the trial is beginning. So that's why it's, well, it shouldn't, right? They should have made it seem like they already prosecution already rested. So in uh, the script, when we get now to Felix's defense, the first witness yeah. is Murray, not uh, Oscar, not Murray, because yes, right. as we've heard a thousand times, Murray is on vacation. <laughs> but he's here now. Oh no, he comes. I'm sorry. Now I'm confused by the flashback. Right, Murray is not in the courtroom at this moment. Not in, in the flashback. Right. In the script, Murray is not present at all. <laughs> So in the show, and we kind of skip ahead to Felix's cross-examination of Oscar that happens a little later. Yes, right. The first, this is before the Beth Olam character, even. Exactly. We'll find out it's not Beth Olam. Now, Murray, anyway. now, so in the show, Murray does the Detroit Cleveland joke, but it's a right, one, it's right. a throwaway one line and it's funny yeah. there. Uh, now, most of the testimony from Oscar in the script is the same that's in the show. The only major difference I noticed was that the great line from Kurt Conway about killers waiting their turn is not <laughs> is not in the script. Yeah, right. Now in the script, the second witness is the woman who was buying the ticket, but here her name is. Do you want to announce it, Garrett? It's not Beth Olam. Do you have it handy? You don't. It have is it. Miss Gidget Berkowitz. Now, <laughs> so I love to know the. What happened? First of all, why Gidget Berkowitz? It's such a bizarre name. And well, that how, clearly was the intention, right? Right. So, but what somebody must have said, it's too weird a name. Let's go with something. Well, here's actually, it's funny you should ask that, Ted, because yeah. I brought my Edward Gross book here. Oh. Where he does, he quotes some of the interviews he did with the writers about certain episodes. Okay. I, uh, he quote, Harvey Miller says his one comment on this episode is that the woman who accuses Oscar and Felix is named Beth Olam, which was the name of the cemetery next to Paramount. Yes, we've heard that which before. You pointed, right. out, you pointed yeah. out in our previous discussion. Yeah. We always, we, he says, we always wanted to get it in there. So we finally named someone Olam. 
Oh, I guess. All right. Well, maybe they realized a this. So this name sounds is like they weird. got on the set when they're yeah, in the right. final rehearsal. This is let's finally make let's finally use Beth Olamp. But both cases, they wanted a Jewish name. <laughs> Clearly, yes. Uh, and to and and they're using Gidget. Clearly a reference to the show. I don't know. Gidget. I mean, well, the, no. obviously the name Gidget at this time was well known from the movies. So it's not just a show. It's a movie series of movies. Oh, all right. Show. All right. I think actually even a book. So mm. uh, now two big jokes or two very funny lines from the show's having Felix interview. Uh, before we get to the biggie here, two mm. notable jokes that are not present in the script that come during this this Beth Olam Gidget on the stand is um, the judge saying, Mr. Unger, could you talk faster or smaller? So the whole, the whole joke of Felix using all those big words and the judge saying, could you talk yeah. faster or far is, and Felix saying objection to stay. None of that is in the script. Right. Clearly a result of the playing between Tony Randall and Kurt Conway and how that's evolving. The judge doesn't really get to say much funny here at all. When you think about it. No, no, there's no personality for the judge. All right, so here's the big reveal that uh, that we uh, can see in the script. In the script, Gidget, Beth, does say she assumed that Felix was asking for money, but ass out of you and me and the chalkboard is not in the script. So clearly right. that was something that happened later. I think we found out or determined that maybe Harvey Miller came up with that. I don't know no, why. No, it was uh, 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 Belson, Jerry Belson. Jerry Belson, okay. So right. it is a big reveal. It is a big odd couple historic news. This is already put on Facebook, so like the, some of the community there already reacted. It's like, if the I think a big piece of historic odd couple news is that the most famous line from the show, which has transcended the show, uh, is yep. not present in the script in its pre-production form. All that happens is she says she assumed, and Felix says, did you just say assumed? The judge says that's what she said. Felix says, well, Miss Berkowitz. And Gidget says, no, I guess you never actually asked me for money. And then the judge says, well, that does throw a new light on things, which is something he's, Kirk Conway does say. Right. So, and that's when he's about to retire and make his decision. Yes. Uh, it's it's basically like when you're reading this, it's like they just cut out that most famous 30 seconds you know, right. of the series. They well, just skip past it. And I well, mean, they not, they're not they're not cutting it out. I mean, yes, it, they did. It feels right. It's missing. Yeah. Uh, and again, I think this is clearly an example of a punch up session where they're sitting around the table and they go, OK, what more can we do with this assumed line? And Jerry Belson is there to go, well, you know, I had a school teacher. That was his story. Like, I had a school teacher say to me in fifth grade, make an ass out of you and me. And they said, that's great. What if he brings a chalkboard out? Yeah. And that's how history is made. Um, so in the TV show, uh, when Felix says he's not ready to call his defense yet, after the judge says, is, put, um, is Oscar. That's obviously, Oscar has already testified in this version he's already testified right? right so in the script what felix does which is really i think insipid is he brings <laughs> in the seven women that oscar called who would not go out with him that night now he yeah I can I, yeah go yeah. 
Go ahead. Can I read this, the actual yes. stage? Yes, okay. please. So, um, so Felix is saying all the stuff, you know, uh, Oscar's saying, Felix, let it rest. Your Honor, the honesty of my friend Oscar Madison was impugned here this afternoon. I am going to clear his name. Bailiff, would you call in the rest of my witnesses? And then it says the bailiff opens the door and seven women enter. They are all rather nice looking, pleasant women, and they seem totally bewildered by what's going on. When Oscar sees them, he jumps to his feet. He, Oscar, jumps to his feet, panic stricken, and he stands there paralyzed. Felix says, Your Honor, these seven women all have something in common. On the evening in question, Oscar Madison called up each one of them and invited them to be his date to the theater. Then the women all turn on Oscar. They circle around Oscar and begin shouting general angry ad-libs, such as, who are these other women? You told me I was the only woman in your life. We're through. You creep, etc. Oscar collapses into his chair, defeated, and dissolved to back. You know, that's the end of the flashback. So what was Felix actually going to do with them? He was going to put each of them on the stand and talk to them, or I can't. <sighs> it just I can, ex- I can explain all this, Ted. You see, you may, I don't know if you recall, but uh, Mark Rothman. Actually, we've we've talked about this before because Mark Rothman's on the record. Oh yes, being uh, very, up, very disappointed that this did not make it into I, the episode. I do remember and this. Set. Yeah, remember when he when he then got a chance to revisit it. For the new odd couple. Yes, that's right. He did it. Where they did the same. This is one of the scripts they revised for that. Yeah. He said, I finally got to do the bit. And it was stupid and on he- that show, too. <laughs> right. I remember we were saying, like, well, you know, maybe it wasn't worth it. Yeah, it wasn't worth um, it. And this is my big, my big explanation of this whole flashback episode. I believe, it feels to me like Mark Rothman was so attached to this being the main idea of the episode. Oscar's humiliation. Like this would be, I mean, I it is, I get the comic possibilities, right? It's like a man's nightmare to have every woman he's dated, you know, like have his dating life exposed like this and to be made to seem like a loser. Uh, or to have all the different women in his life like, all find out about each other, right? Like that's a humiliating moment. It works so well in the final version of the show by a very simple device which is Felix grilling him on the stand to admit, right? I tried very hard. Uh, And then to say seven, and then the addition of that photographer who is not in this version, right? They make, when the photographer takes the picture of Oscar, that is what substitutes for all this in a much better way because then you get the humiliation that he's going to be on the front page of the book. I fundamentally disagree with you. Oh, okay. What do you disagree? I think having seven women upset that you're dating somebody else who are attractive women is not humiliating at all oh okay i actually think the scene this scene makes oscar look like a stud Uh uh-huh well i think i agree it's kind of like it's contradictory right yes and that goes back to what we're talking about in the phone calls where oscar says that two people are crying because they couldn't go because the setup in the script is they all want to go out with them and he just calls them too late yeah so I actually right, do not think version, it's a, the is, final version much makes much clearer that he has a sad dating life. Yes, it is the final ver- The actual televised version is humiliating. This version is not. My, but do you see in, my other point? Like that's why it is a flashback. That's why it's written as a flashback because in in the writer's mind, it's like that's the climax. You know, this is the climax of the episode. This is uh, 
and and it's like that's why uh, we're awaiting the whole episode for to find out why Oscar wants to kill Felix, and this is the reason. Okay, uh, yes, I guess I see that. It's right? just it's, it's all not leading up to this. Not that it's anticlimactic. It is anticlimactic. As, yes, as opposed to the final version, where the climax is actually Oscar putting Felix on the stand for revenge, which is much funnier. Much funnier. So another thing not in which the is script. Not, and we should be clear that's not in the script. That's it. Well, we're going to get to that next. So there is no scene in the script where the judge says he was going to take a minute to decide his case and then take another minute to decide if he still wants to be a judge. So another <laughs> Great line. Um, yes. Now, there is no scene of the judge giving his decision in the script. Well, actually, there is earlier. But yeah. um, um, but Felix doesn't. There's no scene with Felix demanding an apology or Oscar examining Felix. Instead, right. after the testimony and after the. Uh, after that, actually, yeah. So the judge has not ruled yet. Um, well, we saw we saw well, that already. Oh, now here's what's weird. No, we uh, <laughs> we started the flashback with the judge reading the test, the result, the decision. But now in the script, after yeah. after the seven women testify, right, or, or come whatever. in the room, yeah, come in the room. Uh, there, there's no. That's it. It ends there. There's no. We don't see the judge. The judge has already right. made his He's decision. Done. He's done. Yeah. So what happens next is what's going to what we're going to read on page forty-seven to forty-nine. Yeah. Um, where uh, who? It's Oscar and Murray and Felix. Okay. You, who, so I'll do stage directions and Oscar. Okay. I'll do Murray and Felix. Go ahead. Okay, in courtroom, back in the present, right? No more flashback. Oscar and Murray seated just the way they were when we saw them last. Oscar. Oscar now do you understand? Oscar, now do you understand why I never? Well, I'll never speak to Felix again as long as I live. Murray, they were really angry, huh? Oscar, are you kidding? I'm through. I might as well join a monastery. From now on, it's bowling with the boys. Murray, you know Felix was just trying to help. Oscar. He's always trying to help. He's a compulsive helper. Murray, he saved you 50 bucks. Oscar, yeah, and think of all the money I'll be saving on dates. Murray, I think you're being a little hard on him. He's stuck up for you when the judge thought you were dishonest. That's a real friend, Oscar. Oscar seems slightly impressed by this reasoning. Really? <laughs> Felix, not in character. Felix uh, enters quietly. Oscar. Speak to him. Uh, speak to him, Oscar, Murray says. Oscar, yes, Felix. Are you still mad at me? Yes, Felix. Are you less mad than you were before? I guess so. Oscar, while I was gone, I did something to help you. Oh, no. No, really. The girls are going to forgive you. Yeah, how come? I did a terrible thing. I convinced each one of them separately that she was the first girl you invited to the theater. They were thrilled. Felix, you lied? What's the difference? It was for love. Amour. The girls are happier now, too. Felix, for a pain in the neck, you're really all right. Thanks. Murray, isn't this great, Oscar? Felix cleared things up with the girls. Now you're right back where you started. Better. And then says to Oscar, Gidget wants a date with you. Yeah, Fade it's, out. It's really, again, it's not funny. It's just... <laughs> That event, you know, it's yeah. just a thing. And and then they have to match him up with Beth Olam too at the end. Totally unnecessary. So yeah, obviously Oscar inter you know, um examining Felix on the stand is far yeah, better. The way to the way to end, yeah. 
Now we're still not done. There's a tag which we're gonna yes. read that's two pages. Um, it's all Murray, so you take this. <laughs> I'll read the state directions and you be okay. Murray. Okay. Fade in. Odd couple living room at night. The room is dark. A projector is facing a screen. Murray is standing behind the projector. Felix and Oscar are seated on the couch. This is our second day in Detroit. Here I am standing in front of a muffler. He changes slides. This is the old Studebaker plant. That big building next to it is my thumb. Hey, you want to see that again? Fellas? We hear a loud snore. Here I am entering Detroit. That's a gas station over there. Fade out. The end. You know, I'm trying to picture that. and It's like, I just can't. It's like they would never do that. Really. So there's an I Love Lucy episode <laughs> where uh, Mer, um, Ricky is showing his home movies to mm. Lucy and Fred and Ethel and they all fall asleep. I see. And we yep. already know Probably. that that they've copied from the Honeymooners. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. this feels a little bit copied from I Love Lucy. But yeah, anyway, I'm sure. Um, now as the real said, tag, yeah. as we know, is really just continuing uh, 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 the 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 uh, interrogation scene when Oscar puts Felix on the stand, and it's just a little bit more of that where Felix apologizes to the judge, and the judge says, "Yeah, blah, blah, blah. and Felix is another thing, you know, don't mumble." Yes, yeah, and he says, "Get it out of here." So, uh, you know, that's the best kind of tag sometimes, where it's just like they're just they have a last bit to do in that scene; they don't need to create a whole other scene. Yeah, this. So as you said at the beginning, the, the bones of this great episode are here. But there's a lot more in the script than there should be. A lot of the best stuff of the episode, including the most famous line, is gone. Right. And maybe right. that, as you said, maybe that's, you know, it sounds like I'm insulting them. Maybe that's <laughs> just their process. Is that, you yeah. know, that's the way every show works. You start. Right. And no, it's very, it's very instructive to read it for one of the great episodes and just see yeah. how. You know, it's funny, like on its own, if we didn't know how it ended up, this would still be a good episode. But we see the difference between a good one and a great one is the amount to which they could punch it up, you know, with all this extra funny bit and get rid of the stuff that's unnecessary. All right. So now we're going to go on to take my furniture. Oof, that was please. a lot. That oh was a God. lot. Okay. And this is going to be a lot too. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Um, although yeah. I don't think we're going to be reading, well, not reading as much, yet. not Maybe quite as much, but there's still, still enough to read. Um, okay, so there's no cover sheet for this one, so we just no, don't know. I'm very frustrating. But yeah, you know what? I can I can make a pretty good guess of when the date would be, because uh, this, as I said, this is only uh, uh, three episodes after Strife and Court, and so Strife and Court was January fourth, so this is basically late January of 1973. And we know this script is very different from what aired. Um, so it probably is, I'm going to guess, something that's not a final draft. Uh, right. On the cast page, again, only the regulars are listed. The mm -hmm. guest cast, uh, who is slightly different in this script than the actual show, no, nobody's listed. Um, so the teaser is completely different. Yeah. It actually opens in a furniture showroom where Felix is doing the furniture shoot that he refers to later. Right. And we actually see the modern furniture similar to what we see in the living room. So it's a right. bit of a... Because I had, it's funny, I had forgotten that the whole premise for Felix getting the new furniture was that he had a deal. Yes. He had a discount on it. And, but looking at it now, it's like, okay, that's all I needed to know. I don't need to see a whole scene 
establishing that he gets a discount on some and it also ruins <laughs> what this the, is. it ruins the sight gags later as oh, we'll see that is the best i realize that too right yeah. that's of course the that is the main point the whole point is the reveal yeah what we what we find what we love about that scene with the furniture which i realize is like what's left of the episode is that's the centerpiece of the episode just the scene the two scenes where you they reveal the new furniture and exactly why would you give that away at the beginning okay so there is uh we're gonna do this there's uh two cat there's three characters in the scene there's felix there's a very quick dialogue from a model in the in that felix is using named bruce and then there's the owner of the furniture store named mr trent so uh either one okay, of us needs so to do i felix, think and one of us does the stage directions everything else uh yeah okay you do felix okay so you saw yeah here's how okay so this is the teaser the original beginning of the episode faded in on interior furniture showroom a living room set so like kind of fake living room at the furniture showroom felix is peering through his camera setting up a shot there is a living room set made up of very modern furniture a coffee table in the shape of a pair of dice a very modern designed beanbag chair a chrome tree which is what they ended up getting a ver- various lamps surrounding a beautiful leather and uh, chrome couch it is a scene out of an esquire foldout. I wish I wish I knew exactly what they were referring to, but I guess it's like like mod, state of the art modern style, right? Yes. These are several beautiful. There are several beautiful models accenting the pieces. Off to the side is a very distinguished gentleman watching carefully. He is Mr. Trent, the exclusive distributor and salesman of the furniture. There is a sign saying "Creative Interiors" on the set. Felix says, okay, everybody, let me see a certain air of grace. That's better. Bruce, give me more confidence. Remember, you're a man who owns a yacht. Uh, how do I know I own a yacht? If you own this furniture from Creative Interiors, you own a yacht. That's it. Okay, here we go. Cricket, sit up. These pieces are not merely furniture. They're living art. That chair you're slouching in was on display at the Galbraith Museum for two years. Now let's get this shot, okay? Felix takes the shot. Perfect. That's it for today. Tomorrow we'll do the patio. So bring appropriate wardrobe, the best you have. The models leave. Uh, and Mr. Trent goes to Felix. Excellent, Mr. Unger. Fine job. Thank you. Of course, all I did was merely record the beauty that was there that was here. You know, you're the first photographer we've had who really understands our designs. Thank you again. I'll give my eye teeth to own some of the pieces I photographed so far. Well, actually, you could. They're all showroom samples. I could give them to you at cost. You'd pay what I pay. That's very nice, Mr. Tramp. But even at cost, I couldn't afford, Felix thinks. Uh, What do you pay? Trent looks around the room, then whispers to Felix, who quickly looks to the furniture in shock. You only pay a tenth? Mr. Unger, the consumer doesn't pay for the leather and chrome, but rather the genius of the artist behind it believe me if rembrandt were alive today he'd be designing end tables you're right mr trent and i would love to take you up on your offer now that i know what you pay i won't tell a soul but the fellow i live with is out of town for a few days and i really couldn't make any changes without his approval well i'll hold them for you till the end of the week okay okay and thank you 
Trent exits and Felix is alone. He looks at the furniture, sits in a chair, and then to himself, and an absent Oscar. Oscar Madison, I've never gotten your approval before, but this time I must. Papa. What does that mean? Oh, I, I don't get that. I don't even understand that. I don't get it. I put a big question mark there. It's like, maybe yeah, I've never gotten your approval for. Okay. You know what? I just had an instinct. Is this also like some random catchphrase? nineteen <laughs> seventy. Uh, no, I don't think so. No, we'll, I'm going to say. We'll let no. someone else Google that. Um, I don't. I I don't get it. Okay. I mean, I I think the point is that this is such an outrageous decision he's going to make and such a big right. change, right? That he has to. But that's not funny. I don't get it. Just, it no, doesn't make sense. No. no. All right. Um. Anyway, so, yes. Told all of this just to establish he's getting a discount on the furniture. <laughs> yeah, and not in a funny way. Maybe they also enjoyed. Maybe they enjoyed, maybe someone enjoyed the idea of having, oh, by the way, this is written, this is a Harvey Miller script, I should say. Um, uh, maybe they enjoyed the idea of the showroom set with models who don't, non-speaking female models who would also be decorating the set. You know, there was some kind of, and that was their way to show off the idea of the modern furniture, which again, not realizing that it's much funnier to do it later. Yes. Uh, so the teaser that we know today with the apartment being uh, painted is the start of Act One um, and comes after the opening credits, but it is also quite different. First of all, only Miriam is in the apartment, so there's no Murray. Once again, mm -hmm. Murray has got a completely different – well, not completely different role. He's just not here. Yeah. And she leaves immediately. And so that means with no Murray, there's none of the hair jokes. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. And then when Oscar comes in, he can't say to Miriam – Oh, you look cute in glasses. Right, right. So there was a um, there's a big buildup in the in the final version to like what's yes. Oscar gonna say? Yeah. Right. And how is he gonna yeah? Uh, so when Oscar comes home in the script, Felix is not in the in the living room. He starts to talk to Felix about the sports blooper book that he's gonna work on. But in the script, it's not that Oscar came up with the idea. There's a local quote unquote local editor who wants him to write it. And it's called Fumbles and Fouls instead of Sports most embarrassed, the most yeah, embarrassed. It's so sports. it's so elaborate you know, and complicated. I guess they do, as we'll see in the script, they use that outside editor commission to kind of put pressure on Oscar more to write the book. So I kind of get it, but it turns out to be unnecessary. So while he's talking about his book, Felix presses Oscar to see if there's if Oscar notices anything different. First he says it smells funny, which he does in the show. But in the show, he says it smells like Chinese turpentine. In this, this version of the script, it says like it smells like lucite almond duck. <laughs> I, I guess it. almond duck is a dick, a, a dish of the era. Yeah, um, mixed with lucite, which is bad. Yeah, yeah there's well, actually, and, what, and what they end up with is Chinese tur turpentine from the paint and the Chinese food that they're eating. Right. Well, I think almond duck is because they're still, I think they're oh, still, yeah. they're eating Chinese food in the script. Yes, that is in the script, right? But in the script, Felix actually references another piece of food that is not like almond rumaki. duck. Rumaki. Rumaki. Is that, yeah. that's not Chinese food. I don't, I don't know rumaki. No. All right. Anyway. Um, so when Felix says, then in the script, Felix says he painted the apartment. He says, I painted it myself, not exactly Van Gogh. And Oscar says, more like Hitler. <laughs> I I'm I'm like a good Hitler joke reference, but I don't I don't get that here. Oh, well, okay. So you know how Hitler wanted to be a painter. 
Oh, no, actually, I forgot that. Okay, I guess I get But it there's also part of the ongoing mythology of that and the jokes about that. Or was he really a painter, like an artist, or was he just a house painter? I see, okay. And in fact, there's a whole riff in the producers. Uh, a funny, the Nazi playwright who writes the springtime for Hitler actually goes into detail about what a great house painter Hitler was, so. Maybe there's a little nod to that, too. So in the script, the color that Felix uses is not flaming peach, but morning beige. Now, in order to convince Oscar to accept the Felix, to accept the furniture, Felix uses sports analogies, which he does not use in the show. Mm. And I'm going to read those here. He says, all right, I'll use your heroes from the sports world to make a point. Would Joe Namath live in a place like this? Would he invite his blonde bombshells to neck on that couch? And what about romance in your life, Oscar? You think a fine girl like Peggy Fleming would allow herself to be moved <laughs> in this room? So that's how we try to... to which Oscar says... Oh, yeah. What are you talking about? I'm never going to woo <laughs> Peggy Fleming. Uh, for those who don't know, Peggy Fleming was a skater at the time. I, I wonder if she would have found that actionable. Um, so the So that's... That's to me the most notable things of different in this first scene. Oh, you left out. Uh, uh, okay, so he says the color is now morning beige. Yeah, Do you like it, Oscar? What, what color was it before? And he just says mildew, well, as opposed to what he feels the joke is to be Spanish. Spanish yeah, I didn't think that was big enough to go through, so that's why I didn't do it. Not that it's you're memorable. Okay. Not that it's not my favorite joke, but I just it was so memorable to me. The rest of it's really kind of similar. It's what yeah, we get to the, the same. Yeah. So the next scene in the script is the same as the show with the newspaper ad, but there is a fundamental difference here. So mm -hmm. in the in the script, the women who we now know are played by Bella Brock and Jessica Meyerson, they come to the apartment, but they come with a man. Now, not the, the third one, not yeah, the Charles the Lane, person. not the Charles Lane character we, right. we see later. But another man who kind of acts like them, like kind of right. very needy yeah. Long Island people. Right. <laughs> he comes in with them. So there's three people there. Right. And then in and the, the truth is he's kind of superfluous. I mean, he's not he, really uh, right. He doesn't say much. He's just just taking up space. So in the scene, um, there's a more detail about what they want. And the one of the women admires a quote unquote small black figurine mug. And then for some reason. Felix, I guess, to hype the price, describes it in detail. He says, it's an original from the Habsburg collection. Notice the detail. That's old King Cole. Isn't he a merry old soul? The subtle <laughs> smile on his face. Very rare item. Look, his hair is painted on the left. Quite unusual. A classic piece, really. Woman says, how much is it? Felix says, uh, he looks at the price tag on the bottom, says, uh, 75 cents. And she says, I'll take it. Yeah, well, I'm not really sure. Not really. Not Don't miss that. Well, by the way, I just I noticed about the, the the third person, the man. Yeah, they actually reassigned. They took his lines and just gave them to the two women, which is makes sense. Like, it's he's he's the one here who says, "I came all the way from Roslyn. I needed end table badly." Right, which in the script is Larchmont. Uh, Larchmont, right? Thank you. And I think so, someone, the other one of the two women says, "If you're not first in New York, you're last." Yes. So they right. basically. It, it, why have an extra guy on stage? Right? Yeah. Um, now, then the four, a fourth man comes in who's now his name is Sid. And we never hear yes. that Charles, but clearly this is the Charles Lane character. 
Yes. Uh, they, the script describes him as an antique dealer, and he yeah. says he has got cash. I got cash. Um, and he does buy the desk, just like Charles Lane does. It's pretty but, much the same, almost the same dialogue. Yeah. But he pays $300 instead of $100. Yeah, you explained to me, Ted, right. Why did they revise the dollars down? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe they thought it was more realistic, which right. I think is right, but still. Um, he ends he ends up right they cut out all the especially in his bit they just made they they thought it was he ends up in the script paying 300 for the desk and um how much for the um oh he says i'll give you when uh i'll, I'll give you a buck a piece so that's the same he still gives them a buck right to take yeah it down. yeah he does that um of course there's a man with them now so it's for three people it is uh, a little easier oh, to take oh, the desk down no, I'm not saying a man. Sure. Three people in general is easier. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So the next scene in the there's yeah. a little bit of business about taking the in the script taking the desk out, spilling all the yes. drawers out. You got to take the drawers out. Yeah. Which they it just, goes it goes on a little much. So in the script, the next scene is what in is what happens later in the show in the scene with um, Baba Smith. Baba Smith, but in the script. It's not a real person. It's a fake person named Bobo Belson. Belson, Jerry Belson. Yeah, I didn't think of that, right? Jerry Belson. And he's a fighter. He's he's not a, a, a football player. Now, this so, is interesting, right? Because yes, so uh, we're going to read. Of course, I would have loved to. I just would have loved to. This is, I don't know. Can you contact your source on this again and see where is that cover page? Because I would love to see if this role was cast. The The source. We the source gave me money off because there's no cover page. So there's no cover page. Okay, I see. Um, all right, so let's read this. This is a four-page yeah. script. Uh, we need an Oscar, a Bobo, a Myrna, and a Felix, and a stage directions. All right, Myrna doesn't say much, I don't think. So um, why don't... Oh, and a Felix. Yeah. All right. all right, so the main conversation is between Felix and Bobo. So... Um... Why don't you be Bobo only and Myrna? Oh. Okay, and you'll do, and you're going to do Oscar and Felix and stage yeah. direction. Okay, all right. So Oscar's office. Oscar is at his desk interviewing ex-fighter Bobo Belson. Myrna is getting them coffee at the coffee maker. Oscar types as he speaks. Wait a minute, Bobo. You say the most embarrassing moment you ever had was the fight with Tubby LaMonica in Kansas City in 1944. I don't remember that fight. Neither, neither, neither do I. That's what's embarrassing. Myrna comes over with coffee. Here's your coffee, Mr. M, and yours too, Mr. Belson. Myrna leaves to go to her desk. Did you hear that, Oscar? Mr. Belson. The last person to call me Mr. Belson was a senator at the mafia hearings. Good, Boba. Now what about the LaMonica fight? Oh, yeah. My manager said it was the fourth round. At this moment, Felix pops his head through the door. Anybody home? Felix then knocks on the door. No. Felix, hi. I just popped in to see you for just a few teeny seconds. I know you're busy. Yeah, I am, Felix. In fact, had you knocked first, I would have told you not to pop in. I'll just take a flash. He sees Bobo. Hi, I'm Felix Unger, Oscar's decorator. This is Bobo Belson. He's an ex-fighter. If I was fighting today, I'd be the great white hope. So I guess we find out he's white. Unlike uh, Bubba Smith. Glad to meet you, Mr. Belson. Again. Mr. Be he says again, referring to another yes. person calling uh, Mr. Belson. Uh, yeah. 
Oscar, I'll just take a sec. Great news. He takes out a lot of money. Look, $750. We sold out everything. There's not a stitch of furniture left at home. We're starting with a clean slate. I've got some swatches of material for the drapes, and I want when you're okay. It's your place. You're the boss. I'm the boss. You're fired. Get out. Felix lays out some swatches of material on Oscar's death. Oscar runs his arm across the desk, knocking the swatches and everything else off. Felix laughs and says to Bobo, he's a kick. Oscar, what do you think of this one? He holds up a piece of material. Nice color, isn't it? It'll go very well with the beige walls and the new rug, don't you think so? Oscar angrily nods yes and motions for Felix to leave. Felix holds the swatch out for Bobo to feel. Feel this. Bobo touches it. Feels just like can just like the canvas. Felix says, Myrna, Myrna comes over and touches it. Could you make could me you? a dress? Oh. Could you <laughs> yeah, make me yeah. a dress out of it? Felix, really into the role, gives it to Oscar to feel. Okay with you, Oscar? Oscar through his teeth. Fine. I think it'll be perfect. Here, feel it against your cheek. And Felix rubs the swatch across Oscar's cheek. Oscar grins madly and angrily. He rises, picks up Felix's swatches, and thrusts them at him. Excuse me a second, Bobo. I have to type, walk Mr. Unger to the door. Oscar pushes Felix to the door. Felix says, well, I had to show you the drapes before I order them. They're going to hang in your living room. Felix, you're going to hang in my living room. And when I get home tonight, I want to have a chair to sit in and a place to type. Pushes Felix out and slams the door, exasperated. Myrna right. says, I've never seen Mr. Unger so happy. On Oscar's look, we dissolve to blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so that right. is... So talk about an improvement. Yes. I mean, first of all, having <laughs> B Bubba Smith that I mean, I'm sure some um, Jack Hogg wants something to do with that, <laughs> but clearly there's no real interact. Bobo doesn't really do much here. No, I mean now maybe it's again. I'm curious. I mean, it's, it's a made up character. It does remind me. I have to say of Jake Lamotta, because they reference a Tubby Lamonica, who was his opponent, and they reference mafia hearings. Um, so, and. Uh, Jake Lamotta was still a, a colorful personality at that time. Also, I think the Bobo comes from Bobo Rockefeller, who married a, a, a Rockefeller, and then um, they had a big legal battle in the 50s. Oh. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, this scene is... And it shows how, the Bubba, how Bubba Smith was added very late, relatively. Yes. Maybe because they saw this scene and said, this doesn't work, why not get a real athlete? And then, and then really what's really missing is the joke, the main joke of the yes, scene, which of, is of the athlete participating and in, in, in wanting to talk about all this stuff with Felix. And being a total, like, in, like a total style nerd. You know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so Bobo, totally in, in the contrast between his huge athlete, football player image and, and getting all technical about the drapes and the color matches and everything. That's the joke. Yes. The whole, the, the, the scene, it's not that they just had Bobo instead of Bubba Smith. They just had a completely yeah. different take Different on character and a different joke. Now, there is no scene in the script with the empty living room and Oscar and Felix eating breakfast, standing right. up at a cocktail party. Right. So I love that scene. Um, I guess they had to fill some time because they cut out the whole yeah. uh, beginning of the show. Right. And um, that clearly is a better scene, I, I guess. Yeah. You know, I do have to say that us reading the script 
is whatever we read it probably is going to be not as good as actually seeing them do it because <laughs> why you're saying we're not as good as them well no be, well i mean we can we can certainly envision <laughs> them saying yes. it yes. but still it is better when you see it but anyway so yep. that's not there okay so now this we get to the scene with the hand chairs right. which in the show happens before the scene with no the bubba smith scene happens in between the it happened uh i just watched it so yeah uh, i forget too so anyway the next the sequence scene, is a little yes too, yes too. the next scene in the the so the the scenes with the hand chairs is very similar in the script and right. the show there's two exceptions in the script the the chairs also cost 300 dollars, not 200 right they wait so they lowered the prices they lowered the prices the yes and there's a there's the the end to the scene is different. So in the in the script, the show ends as Oscar's leaving the room, and he sees. I'm going to read from the script. He sees some large initials on the mantle. Oh yeah. Holds them up: an F, a U, an O, and an M. Oscar says, "What are these?" Felix says, "Our initials. I forgot to put them up." Oscar says, "I'll put them up." He tacks his up O M. Oscar says, here's mine and here's yours. He slams the initials F-U on the wall and exit to <laughs> shouts of tasteless and ugh. I guess that's Felix saying tasteless. And yes. Ugh. Yeah. Well, look, they, there you go. They tried to get the Neil, the old Neil Simon joke in. Oh, the F-U? The F-U means Felix Unger. Yeah. It's... And uh, aside from the fact that I don't think it would have worked, it also probably would not gotten past the censors. Um. So, so that scene is actually pretty. Um, now there is in the next scene when the rest of the furniture shows up, right. uh, it does the descriptions of what the pieces are are pretty close. They're not exact, yeah. but they're pretty close. Now in the script, there is quote a small round table with stools around it. Now, if you look at the episode in the background behind the couch. You do see a small round table with yellow chairs around it. Oh, good. Catch. So I, I feel like that. that's close. Now they never talk about that in the show, but I think right. that's what um, I think that's what he's talking but about. But that's, that's not supposed to be the breakfast table. No, that because in the breakfast. So he talks about the breakfast nook uh, yeah. in the script, and then he says uh, about this small round table. He says, "Say hello to an all-purpose table for small dinners, letter writing, poker." Oscar says, poker, who are we playing with? The Osmond brothers? Right, explain that. I don't I don't <laughs> I mean, get it. I know the Osmond fan. I know who the Osmond yeah. fan is. Why is it funny for them to be around that table? I don't know. I don't know if that <laughs> I, I don't think Does that Don, mean there are a lot of Osmond brothers? Or, or I don't know. Very... Donnie Marie show, I don't think it started yet. I don't get it. Oh, maybe that's it. Maybe there maybe it's got a lot of stools. I mean, it's before. something about the number of chairs. I think I think you may be right. I think you may have nailed it. Yeah. Now, the biggest okay, wow. I think we would argue that the best sight gag in the well one of the most well-known sight gags from this scene is the clock. Mm -hmm. Now, the yeah. clock in the script is described differently. Oh, can I read the stage directions? Yes. Can I will read that? I will read the dialogue, you read the stage directions. Okay. 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 Um Felix says, come over here. Felix leads Oscar to the wall near the door, and on it is a clear, dark square. Felix is looking around for something. Oscar says, what's this? Felix says, our clock. 
Oscar says, it doesn't have a big hand or a little hand, Felix. It doesn't have any hands or any numbers either. Felix says, yes, it does. Wait till I get the magnet. Oh, here it is. Felix holds the magnet to the side of the electronic clock, which turns it on. Several dots light up. Felix goes into a long, difficult explanation. Now, listen to this. This is like, <laughs> they don't, they're not writing this dialogue. Felix goes into a long, difficult explanation describing the workings of the clock, which will be explained when the prop arrives. So this is Harvey Boy, Miller. Keep, or keep reading. Like, actually. No, no, keep says, reading. I'm sorry. I will. I will. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. He says, Felix goes into a long, difficult explanation describing the workings of the clock, which will be explained when the prop arrives, parentheses, it's real, boys, close parentheses. So that's At Jerry Belson writing to the people reading the script, telling them that right. this clock he's yes. describing so, is real. I think that's the first time we've had a couple of like sort of stage directors that are kind of, you know, tongue in cheek or uh cheeky but this is actually the first time i've seen a message to the other <laughs> people uh, that's all it's not even part of this thing. so basically saying okay we found this prop we found this thing we don't have it yet we, the reason we can't write felix's dialogue is we don't know what he's gonna say but trust me it's real and of course ted we know that that's not what happened they did oh. not use any magnet no um, and then, and there is, you know, murder does come in, but he, she, there's no, you know, again, I think the biggest, perhaps the biggest punchline, the best laugh in the whole episode is murder knowing how to read the clock. And that does not happen. I'm late for work, yeah. Look at the time. I'm late. Right? So perhaps what, uh, maybe when the clock actually, so there's either two instances, two things, I guess the clock that he's describing arrives and it doesn't work or they don't like it. And they go find another clock or the clock that ends up arriving is the clock we know today. And then well, there's, look. there's no magnet I mean, and he has, and then he does describe it. He does give a long explanation yes, about what. Yes. Yeah, that's true. But you know what? Here's what my, I'm wondering whether this was wise planning because the thing, what they ended up with is a prop where they just have, there's someone behind it, putting the dots on it. It's like, it's not actually the only thing that has to change the dots are on it already in the final version. And this, he makes the joke about it's uh, what, 935. 936. Yeah. 936. Yeah. So just yeah. someone has to be behind it. It's like a, it's like a connect force. But it could have been. Thing shows up. It's like, it's, it's completely analog. There's no uh, digital. Are you saying, so, so what do you, so you're saying you don't think that's a real clock of the era? Maybe it's modeled on one, but I'm just saying the prop itself is purely is not plugged into anything. I agree with that. Yes, there's no. It and, didn't really change time. But for some reason, they they must have. I guess it is modeled on something they found that was magnet based and they felt it would be funny. But of course, this sounds much too complicated. Yeah. Now there's a physical gag in the script that's not in the episode involving Oscar and the telephone. So. Um, at the top of page 38, if you're following along, uh, Oscar says, um, the phone starts ringing, and Oscar says, you want to be Felix or Oscar? You be Felix. Uh, okay, I'll be Felix. Okay. Um, Oscar, the phone's ringing. Oscar says, Felix, where's the phone? Aren't you yeah, Felix? Are you Felix or... <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I'm Felix. Yeah, oh, you Felix. Uh, Felix, where's the phone? We're on the middle of page 37. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Middle of page 37. Yes. Okay. On the off stage, on the table. What? Ta which table? Breakfast table. 
Oscar locates the table, still hears the phone ringing, but can't find it. Oscar to himself. First he camouflages my, camouflages my breakfast, now the phone. It's in the table. In the table, Oscar finds a small hole in the side of the table, slides it across, puts his hand in, and pulls out a slimline phone. It rings again in his hand. He tries to figure it out by turning it upside down, finally opens it, and talks into the wrong end, then the right end. Note, he is now sitting in the potato chip chair. He puts his cigar on the skinny standing ashtray, but it rolls off. He tries to set it as he talks, but can't. Oscar says into the phone, hello? Yes. Yes, Barney. Now, Barney's the editor from earlier who's asking right. him to write this book. I'll have it. You'll have it a copy by Friday. I promise. Goodbye. Oscar hangs up the phone, puts it back on the table, slides the little door closed angrily, and tries to get out of the potato chip chair, which is highly difficult. He finally does, retrieves the cigar, only to bump his head on the mangling mobile of steel fish, which is one of the things that was in the script, not in the show. Mm. He returns to the desk and starts typing madly, but when the carriage reaches to the end of the shift in the weight causes the typewriter to fall off the tiny desk, which is a sight gag that's not exactly what's in the show, of course. Uh, Oscar says that's it. And so then we have Oscar yelling at Felix to tell him that all the furniture's bad. Um, but here, when he's going through the litany of all the stuff that's wrong, he uh, it's a different listing of items he says i sent you out to get furniture what did you bring me two hands a captain midnight table with a secret compartment a noble prize clock a lesser laser beam and a school of street sardines and let's not forget the grape stool and bananas phone felix i wanted to sit on fruit i'd live in a push cart so at the Can end you of explain the explain captain midnight to me well captain midnight is an old serial radio show that had premiums and secret like rings okay. with secret compartments right. from the thirties. Yeah, yeah. Um, so at the end of the episode where Felix is just, well, wait, sitting, can we, yes, you talk about yeah. the scene or the episode? Sorry. The end of the scene. We don't, yeah. End of the scene when in the show, Felix is just sitting in the potato chip. He's sitting in the potato chip confidently. Like he can get out in and out of the chip, but he's just dejected. But in the, <clears throat> in this script, um, and Oscar tells Felix that all this stuff has to go. Oscar puts a cigar on the skinny ashtray and it falls off on the floor. Felix tries to reach for it. Oscar says, try and get it. Oscar exit as Felix protests to him and tries to reach the cigar at the same time, but he can't maneuver his way out of the chair. He finally slumps back in the potato chip defeated. So, that, so that's it's a little bit of a different take. Yeah. What I take away from the scene is how much, I mean, understandably, that again it's harvey miller's episode but all the whole team probably imagined a lot of physical comedy around this furniture they they clearly thought that that would be a big part of the episode and my guess and clearly, is clearly a lot of it did not work out well i think they didn't know exactly what furniture would be on the set when he wrote this i think uh, he had a vision for it and they got a right. good part of it but some things were different and they had to adapt to that that's what i think i like the phone i can't even en envision the phone in my mind even from the stage directions, can you? <laughs> a little bit, but I. But it's not. It's not a great gag. I mean, is it like there's a box on the table, and he takes out the box, and he takes out something that looks kind of like a cell phone? You know. <laughs> yeah, I think there's like a phone, secret man. compartment, and it's like a. I see. It's like hidden behind a door. It's just not a great gag. Yeah, it would. I mean, I, they must have thought it was funny in concept, but as even as it's written, there's really no gag. Yeah. Or maybe he did see a piece of furniture like this somewhere. They just ended up not getting it. Right. Exactly. 
Okay, so um, in the next scene, after Oscar's brought in all his furniture, the whole boy-girl chair gag with Murray. Wait, wait, wait. Oh. I, it's worth mentioning that. Oh, two things, sorry. Yes. Okay, you caught the thing, the, the existence of the table with the chairs around it. Yeah. Still on the set. I caught something else. Okay. On replacing the classic boat painting, right, the, above the fireplace. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? In its place, did you notice what was there? Wait, this is this is when Oscar gets the and furniture? With the, no, with, with Felix. I'm still with Felix's furniture. Oh, no. I don't even remember the, the boat furniture. painting. I don't remember the boat okay. painting. You, that's, oh, my God. You just turn on a random episode sometime, Ted, and just notice what's above the i'm sure you'll recognize it above the the uh fireplace is a painting of a boat that is even going from season one is even there um yeah just take up a picture of the set of the living room okay keep talking i'm going to do this anyway you, yeah. i think i think some fans will know what i'm talking about um it's the painting that irving cohen's ghost knocks down uh <laughs> if you know what i mean um anyway in its place is a different painting a very modern looking painting that goes with a lot of the other furniture, but it was a very specific painting. I recognized, you know what it was? No. Oh, I it's see it the, now. Oh, you see the boat. Yeah. No, yeah. I see, I see the painting here. It's like some sort yeah. of, it's hung like yeah. diagonally and it's got like yeah. a circle and yeah. squares. It looks like a Lichtenstein or something. Is it from. Now does the phrase black donut mean anything to you? It doesn't. We just did security arms. Like, so you know what ago. i was to say when i saw this it did, i did think security arms when i just saw right. this yes but i but i don't what is i don't remember black it's the secu it's in the security arms department uh, oscar has a funny bit he goes look at this a black donut oh okay no all right <laughs> to make so fun of the painting there okay and they actually kept it this is two years later by the way they're filming it two years later well maybe it's a paramount maybe it's a prop yes, that the paramount, paramount popped around. right okay yeah, good uh, but you're right they hang it diagonally this time so it looks different. Um, okay. That, but now you know what I mean by the boat painting? I'm, I'm looking for it. Keep talking. For it. <laughs> now, did you have, a, did you have another other, observation? Well, the other thing, yeah, the other thing was just that Myrna uh, does, oh, we did the bit with the clock, right? Oh, yes. I she, see. The, I just wanted I see, to know. I see the boat painting. Yep. <laughs> Thank yes. you. Okay. Uh, we should mention that while Myrna's bit with the clock is not there, she does say, I feel like I'm assured by Allstate. Yes, that Which line is, is there. Yes, memorable line. That's true, and 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 Oscar saying, "I feel like an M and M is also in this right. Room. Yes, right. right. Now, in the one of the gags, after Oscar brings in his furniture, is the thing with Murray trying to do boy girl boy girl and just ending right. back at boy boy girl girl. But in the script, all he does is says it should be boy girl boy girl, and then just does it. So there's no joke there. So that's weird. Mm -hmm. Um. And then there is no scene with Felix attacking Oscar. After, you know, he comes in, he yep. sees the furniture, he goes to his right. room. And that's where it ends in the script. But in, obviously in the show, he comes and attacks him with the, the pillow, right? Which is hilarious. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, they knew they needed something stronger to end that scene than him just moping. And it's great because he just like looks at it and he walks off catatonically. And then I think they even say something like, well, at least he took it well. And then he comes running on <laughs> with the pillow. Um, one other bit from the Di Murray's dialogue um, when they talk about Sam, Sam, the discount man. Yeah. And here he says, oh, in yeah, the script. Oh, yeah. I know his kid brother, Mark, Mark, the loan shark. 
But I believe what Marie ends up saying, yeah, I arrested him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> much funny. Yeah. Uh, okay. So um, in the scene where Felix is cleaning Oscar's bad furniture, there's a whole bit in the script that's not in the show with a cuckoo clock. So uh, after he says to the drapes, I'm sorry, which he does in the show, uh, he moves on. He passes a cuckoo clock on the wall. It turns on and the cuckoo clock comes out 10 times. Felix staring at it all the time. When it stops, he turns to Oscar. Felix says, well, now you know what time it is, Oscar. And Oscar says, yeah, and that's a Swiss cuckoo. Keeps perfect time. Hmm. So that's that's the bit that kind of replaces, the, I think, the, the, the jigsaw, jigsaw puzzle. puzzle coming off the wall. Yeah. Again, uh, a prop, probably a prop that did not do well. Um, so other things that are not in the script that are in the show. Are we still on this scene? We're in the scene. Still? Well, yes. I would have mentioned that the bad taste speech, which I love, is it's not there. Speech, yeah. The Ratso Rizzo reference is not there. Uh, <laughs> Very topical. I know. So why don't uh, we read what is there, which starts at the bottom of page okay. forty-seven? Uh, I can't, can I just say I can't read it until I know what this word "nagahide" is? Nagahide. That's a that's a type of material. Like couches were made in nagahide. It's like I a. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, it's like a vinylish. I I think Naga has a vinylish. You can look okay. it up afterwards. No, I okay. believe you. Um, Where are we starting? So let's start with. Um, uh, so this is after Miriam. You know, in the script, just like in the show, Miriam knocks on the door. Felix won't let her in because he's embarrassed. And Felix says, "I'll do Felix. You do Oscar." Okay. Felix says, "How do you like that? I can't invite my girlfriend into my apartment. Why not? Why not? I'm ashamed to. I've had it, Oscar. I've had no choice but to move out." I can't live here anymore. Everywhere I turn, my senses are offended. This place is a Nagahide nightmare. <laughs> Try and get used to new things. Open your mind. Learn to accept. This stuff is great. So they call this here a call. I'm not reading now. I'm just saying call, they call yes. this a callback, which I guess is something we that Oscar because he's said. mimicking what Felix, Felix said. Yeah. Felix says, it's not great. And you know it. Look around you, Oscar. Look, out of 35 items in this room, only four things match. What for? The walls. So it's a little wild. A little wild. Oscar, pimps wouldn't live in this room. <laughs> I just wanted to point out the word pimps is underlined. Yes. True, <laughs> there right. are not many lines that are where they give like an inflection to it. <laughs> Typed in. Uh, well, here's another one. Well, it's my apartment and the furniture stays. It's not your apartment. It's our apartment. But you've been throwing your weight around like I don't exist. All right. You may not have liked the way I decorated this place, but I cared. It looks like you bought this stuff in an hour. 20 minutes. But you're right. I did it half out of spite. We'll return this stuff and start fresh under one condition. Anything. What is it? You don't tell people we're out looking for furniture. Now, What's that? It, What's I, that? I, in, the, in the show... By the way, it's Felix who suggests they go out, yes, not Oscar. Right. My only thought here is somehow that implies they're gay. Oh yeah, I think that's a good point. That's as plausible as any. Yeah, I think that wasn't that wasn't getting past the censors. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So the final two scenes of the show are the tag, which, as we know in the TV show, is a not is an okay bit, not yeah. that great. Just kind of Felix, where they get the new furniture. Yeah, and Felix tries to get the couch moved, and everyone is exhausted, and no one's listening to Felix wanting to like move this couch an inch. Right. So uh, one of us will be, I'll do Felix, you do Oscar. You want to read the stage directions? Yeah. 
Wait, who's doing it? Uh, I'll do Felix. You do Oscar. Okay. Uh, fade in. Odd couple living room. Nighttime. The living room is completely redecorated in a tasteful, fresh manner, reflecting the personalities of both Oscar and Felix. Felix is reading, and Oscar enters dressed up, carrying a small manuscript and smoking a cigar. Hey, Felix, I've got to go. How do I look? Here, let me straighten your tie. As he does, Oscar puffs on his cigar, and not deliberately, the smoke is in Felix's face, but he manages to straighten Oscar out. Well, good luck tonight. I know they'll love your book. Yeah, it seems good, but I hate to go out. It's really nice here, you know? Yeah, it is. You did a great job, Felix. You too, Oscar. There is now a long ash on Oscar's cigar. He starts to flick them on the floor. Please, please give the depart- the carpet one day. Well, we don't have an ashtray. Yes, we do. Use my hand. Felix picks up a little ashtray in the shape of a hand. Oh, in the shape of a hand. And puts it under Oscar's cigar. Oscar flicks the ash in as we freeze frame. You know what? I actually think that's a better tag. It's better than, yeah, because what they have is like perfunctory. Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, I, you know, when I read this originally, I don't think I, I don't think I just like you just didn't pick up on the hand gag. Hand. It's a front. Yeah, it's right. a, yeah. And I actually think that's better. It would have been cute to see. But yeah, yeah. Maybe they couldn't, maybe they couldn't make one. <laughs> maybe. You're right. Um, all right. Well, that is our take on these two episodes. Can I, um, last yes. thing I want to say about this episode is um, that well, reading the script makes me realize how, again, they kind of like in the writing filled out a lot of things that they didn't really went down some avenues they didn't really need to go down, like the the the, the floor show in the beginning, uh, and they're cutting around a bunch of stuff. And really, when you realize what they cut down to is just the middle. 10 minutes of the episode, which notice that they kind of reveal the furniture little by little, right? First, the apartment is empty. Yep. And they do the bit with the standing breakfast. Then they have the chair, just the chairs. And then they add the rest of the furniture. And it's like, that is the meat of the episode that it's there to be. And it, and they, it would have spoiled it to see any of that kind of stuff early on. And it would have spoiled it to have a bunch of digressions that didn't matter. So and the Bubba Smith thing is a great addition. So um, again, majorly improved. Majorly both scripts. Uh, yeah. By the way, and the last one, last thing I think I said this when we discussed the episode earlier. Um, this being the last or one of the final episodes shot during season three means that the well, they painted the they actually painted the set. Yeah. Or or got new walls. I don't know. They really painted it, and uh, and that remains through season four. So they couldn't like they had season kind of had to end here because they have like you know what I mean it's like they uh, they kind of but the furniture that they end up with in the tag right the furniture that the compromised furniture is not the same I think if you look at season four it's not the same as what they're doing. I think we try to do that when we did the show we tried to figure that out yeah. yeah. Um, all right. As a reminder, if you want to see uh, any of these scripts for yourself, please email us at 1049pod at gmail.com and we will send you a link to the Dropbox for all the scripts. Um, I think by the time we're over, at least as of today, maybe we'll have 13 or 14. I still I seem to be finding more and from different, not just that one person I was buying them from, uh, but there's another dealer who actually um, had the fatter they are no what the the episode we're just the the bigger they are bigger they are so um so maybe some more will come out um 
and that's it. You know what? When you were talking about all the, uh, the scripts that are still coming in, I attempted to quote Oscar. They're breeding. Oh, right. That's right. <laughs> Isn't that what he says about? Yes, that's what he said. Yes, furniture. Uh, all right. Well, this, Garrett, this is I, like this is going to take. This is going to take like the whole year to get through these. Yeah. Well, I'm I, I'm I'm going to Detroit on vacation next week to see Murray. So. <laughs> Show me your, I will freeze to see your slides. Good night, everybody.